All right, I got a couple more minutes with Dave McComey, master safe cracker. And I think, you know, as I mentioned before, I don't know that this is a highlight, but it's definitely one of the coolest moments of your career. And this is where you were called on site to open up Prince's vault. And Prince, the, this we're talking about the, the musician here, um, not one of the royal family over in England. This And this is, this is really cool. I imagine... Um, number one, this is historic because I think, if I remember the story correctly, Prince was the only person who had a combination to this vault. And we, when he unfortunately passed away, there was no way to get into this vault, which at the time it was believed contained thousands of unheard recordings that um, you know that people were very anxious to get to get a hold of. But not only that, I imagine that your time as a musician must have made this a particularly. Uh, I don't know if it was. It must have meant a lot more to you. I think that there, there was you were had a connection to this particular job that I think most people may not have. So tell me the story. How did you get involved in this? How did you get called? And what was it like to be there? Let's start there. Well, for first the the musicianship um, thing. Uh, guitar players, most of the ones that I've known anyway, are. Um, I was a country player. But almost every country player listens to music outside of country. We know who the great rock players are, who the great jazz players are. We just like guitarists. Well, the problem with Prince is that he was such a ridiculously good entertainer, producer, arranger, songwriter. He was just so good at so many things that it often got overlooked that he was a truly gifted and one of the greatest rock guitarists of all time. And that just gets overlooked <clears throat> because it's rare to see a player that can play at that level also be a great entertainer. It's just those two things usually don't go together in the same body. Uh, and they did in his case. Well, you know what's interesting about that? I was actually just listening to another podcast, uh, and they were—they happened to randomly mention uh, they were talking about the Rock and Roll Hall, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and when they posthumously um, uh, brought in George Harrison, they did—I uh, think it was um, Tom Petty, and there's someone else I'm forgetting—they were on stage doing "My Guitar Gently Weeps," yes, and then Prince came out and just like killed it with his guitar uh, solo in that song, and it's—it's it's what you're talking about. I think most people don't think of him as this great guitarist but in fact he he was one of the best so uh, it's so that that connection must have meant something when you get brought to, to basically you're you're get going to if you're successful and your track record proves that you will by luck or by skill whichever however you want to call it that you're going to get into the safe and and there's lots of unheard recordings so that must have the weight of that must not have been lost on you no it wasn't and i i normally don't get really nervous before a job. I have uh, mild anxiety before most difficult jobs and you learn how to control it. On that job, it was overwhelming and I had to actually use some coping mechanisms to not let it be obvious to everybody else wow. in the room that I was <laughs> about to have a panic attack. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, but one more quick comment about the guitar thing. Sure. Uh, there's another underrated player, George Harrison. Uh, the guy w may not have been the most technical player but he was creative, and he was influenced so much by Chet Atkins, and he was such a melodic player. I just appreciate all the really great things that George Harrison did, and you're totally right. The Prince solo at the end of While My Guitar Gently Weeps, if that was an ad-libbed solo, it's one of the greatest ad-libbed solos in guitar history. It is. Uh, I've listened to that a hundred times. Most guitar players have. It is, really? It is 
just mind-boggling where he went with that. It's very impressive. Wow! All right, so you well you you've set this up way better than 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 even I imagined. So you're you're on the job. You get called now. Why do you get called for this particular job? Is it because you're the best? Are you close? Do you know someone? Like, how did you get in on this? I got the call because, for better or for worse, I have a high profile in the industry uh, because I've written twenty four books on safes and vaults. Uh, I'm. I'm, I'm well known in the industry, so I get those calls. It doesn't mean that there aren't a dozen other guys that could do the job. There are. I have friends that can do anything that I can do. I've probably got 10, 12 friends that can do anything that I do, and some of them can do it better. But uh, I got the call because they were unable to find anybody to take the job. Uh, it was a very interesting beginning, too, because I thought it was a prank. You know, I, mm-hmm. I knew what make and model vaults prints had. I've known for a long time. And when he <laughs> passed, when he passed, a story ran in the news that the vault had been drilled open. I was like, well, I wonder who did it. So I, like every other safe cracker, I started contacting my friends and no one stepped up. No one had done it. So, but we knew that somebody had had because the news media wouldn't lie, right? Right. So, wow. yeah, right. Of course. It ended up. It ended up being a completely fabricated story by ABC. There's no. There's wow. nothing there. Complete fabrication. Oh. Uh, Prince obviously Prince's vault wasn't opened on April 29th when they broke the story. I didn't go there for two more weeks, so the vault obviously hadn't been opened. It was just a fake story. So I ignored them. When I got this weird, cryptic message, I didn't even know that it was about Prince. It was so cryptic, and they wanted me to sign a non-disclosure agreement before they would even tell me about the job. I just dismissed it, just went right past it. It wasn't until I was contacted by a couple of safe companies in the Midwest that I began to think, oh, wait a minute, this is a real thing. But when one of them said, Dave, think, Minneapolis, recent death, high profile, rock star, come on, dum-dum, figure this out. (laughs) I was like, well, no, that vault's been been opened. It was in the news two weeks ago. No, Dave, it hasn't been. The news made it up. So, yeah, it ended up being true. And when I finally got in touch, when the law firm in Minneapolis, and I finally got in touch, everything was fine. But it was a little bit of a rocky start because I thought it was a troll job. <laughs> well, I mean, it's interesting because the safe, what I like about it is that it's, it's a, I think it's a custom safe. But, it, you know, you are obviously are familiar with the make and model. Of- I got to interrupt you. It's not a safe. It's a full-blown bank vault, a Mosler American Century bank vault. It was uh, better than uh, bigger than a safe. This is this is serious business. Um, and and what, what's great about it is because you know it. Then this is I think we talked about this and and we, we kind of hinted at some of the the um, the safe security features of this vault in in the, in the main interview we did. Um, but you know, number one, you have to. It's got a very p. I think you describe it as a p-sized vulnerability that you have to drill, and if you miss that target, you trigger a a, a mouse trap relocker, which makes the only way of getting into it you got to blow it open. I think, um, or, or is that is that part right at least? No. Uh-oh. No. Okay. We, All right. Well, we, we, let's we, let's let's straighten it out. Let's. I don't want to be like ABC <laughs> News. Let's let's get the facts straight here. <laughs> No, we can open it with if the mousetrap relockers fire, and there are two of them, by the way, not just one in the door. Okay. Uh, if they fire, we have 
methods we can use to defeat them. It's not fun and it takes more time. And I was really glad it didn't happen that day with all those people in the room wanting in, you know, rather quickly. Yeah, if the mousetrap relocker had fired, I would, <laughs> it would have ruined my day. But we would have gotten, that bolt would have swung. I would have yeah. missed my flight, but that bolt would have swung. You'd have got it. What I love is when you get there, uh, the people there. There's obviously lots of lots of princess people, you know, all kinds of even people, just gawkers. I think who are around in a circle that wanted to see this thing get opened. Obviously, everyone wants to be there for it. But I love that they prepared the area because they believed you were going to have to blow it open. Right. Which is, I think, one of the. You know, I think you also talk in the book about you're working on an ATM, and then people kept coming up joking about where's the dynamite or whatever. So it's one of these kind of you know the, this um, misconception that you got to use. <laughs> dynamite TNT to get into these lockers like it's the 1880s or something and it's a Wild West heist or something. But you didn't have to do that, but I found that to be very funny. When I walked into the room, everything was wrapped in plastic. Yeah. And that's when I asked, well, yeah. why, why the plastic? And I was told, well, we weren't sure what you were going to do. And if you were going to use explosions, we didn't want dust to cause any trouble. <laughs> Yeah, that's so funny. Uh, but one of the other things here is this hard plate that they have is arguably, I think, one of the best in the business, or at least was at the time. And you mentioned before, it's called Relsum. And this is kind of an interesting makeup because it's like a matrix of bronze with carbide bits in it. So when you're drilling with your drill bits, I mean, this just shreds. I mean, it is the cheese grater of hard plates when it comes to drill bits, basically. So you got to go in there with the heavy artillery, right? That's awesome. I am going to use that phrase, Dan. That's awesome. The cheese grater of hard plates. <laughs> That's incredible. Give me credit. That's all I ask. Give me credit. Yeah, it's all yours. I will. <laughs> and it's exactly right. You've got a bronze matrix. Bronze is a very soft material. A drill bit can cut bronze in its sleep. Carbide, very hard material. Most drill bits can't cut carbide. So you have the soft material dragging your bit in, and then it hits the hard stuff, and it just chews the, chews the bits to pieces. Yeah. Choose the bits to bits. You can use that one it, too. Uh. It, uh, that's right. And that is, by the way, the, I've drilled a lot of American Century bolt doors around the country, and that is the only one, Princess is the only one I have ever heard of to have Relsum in it. I didn't know really? Mosler was even using Relsum when that door was built in any of their products. It just it shocked the, the heck out of me. It made me suspect that maybe he had paid for an upgrade and they had just pulled a big sheet of Relsum out of the corner of the warehouse. We'll never know, but that was the only one I've ever hit. That's interesting. I mean, I, what do they use Relsum for then, if not for this? Is it Do they use it for other things? Well, Relsum would only be used in safes and vaults, but the company that makes Relsum, the Schwader company, they made it for Mosler. They also marketed it, uh, I think it was a slightly different version of the product under their own name called Schwader Max Alloy, and that company made armor uh, materials for tanks and what have you. Got it. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, and what I love about this is the way you got through it is you took a diamond bit and you had to cover it, a lubricate it with like aerospace gel or something like this. Something that like gets shuttles into space basically is how you had to right. defeat this uh, this particular hard bit. But you get through, right? So you get through, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll cut to the end here because obviously you crack the safe open and, and 
you obviously aren't going to be the one who opens it up, although it would have been hilarious if you had hurried up <laughs> and just cracked it open to be the first person to peek in. Be too much of a professional, Dave. Um, but you were able to look inside. Now, you got to tell me from a first person perspective, what was it like to peek inside and see this vault that only Prince's eyes had, you know, had had seen uh, in, in its history? This is the first time anyone else got to look at it. It must have been like going into a museum for the first time. Yeah, I'm not the only person in the room who got big time tingles. Yeah, right, it was, right. It was amazing. And to see all those industrial shelving units, it was just remarkable. You know, the door was open. I had already, I wasn't even thinking of looking in. It just didn't occur to me. And I'm doing things with my tools, and I hear a gasp. I look over at James, and the archivist from New York. I learned that the, the educated people say archivist, so I'm trying to train myself. Don't say archivist, say archivist. Okay. Archivist. Uh, uh, he, that's a sweet guy too. He he would he taught me a new trick. He held a shop vac under where I was drilling. Normally I would just take yeah, rags right. down to the floor. He held yeah. a shop vac under shop vac under my drill, and all the shavings and all the materials from the door went down into the shop vac. I, I was just astounded. But the contents in the vault, it was just. I, I've been in, obviously been in lots of, of bank vault rooms. And this was a large room, approximately 18 by 38 or 40, large room, but hardly any room to turn around because there were so many of these shelving units in the vault, every single one of them, absolutely jam-packed top to bottom with recording tapes. Unbelievable. But Prince fans, I'm hoping and guessing, will be uh, listening to new Prince material for many years in the future. Well, one of the things I loved, one of the things that I want to close on, because what I thought was so amazing is you get in there and you got all these recordings everywhere. You've got pictures in the book. Uh, hopefully I can share some of those on the website as well. But you've got, you know, all these uh, just this incredible expansive of uh, recordings. And one of the things that I love is when you go to the back. Prince has his own filing system called Mr. Vault Guy, uh, which <laughs> which looks kind of it mu must be something you know that your kids are into. Look like a Linux system or some kind of DOS MS DOS system where you're basically punching in commands, and he's got like his own rules on on how it works, uh, which which I just thought was interesting. Uh, I mean that must have been kind of cool as someone you know a self-proclaimed non-technical person. It must have been great to see that Prince might have been you know might have been a kindred spirit. Oh, definitely. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. The DEA had me uh, open a little safe that was inside the vault, a little oh, right. sentry yeah, yeah, yeah. survivor. And when I was in there, I couldn't help but notice this piece of paper in the computer. I thought, well, I looked at the computer and thought, why the hell would Prince put a computer inside the vault? Right. And then hanging on next to the computer was this piece of paper, and it said Mr. Vault Guy. Well, that caught my attention. That's my name, Mr. Vault Guy. And I got to reading it, and sure as hell, it was I was just blown away. Uh, it was a basically the computer is there. You type in a search term and it will just spit you back a tape number and you can go find the tape. Just like being in a library. Prince made his version of the Dewey Decimal System for all of his tapes. It was incredible. And I, when I was uh, looking at the, the tape sitting on a shelf, sure enough, every one of them had a number and a series of numbers and letters. And you type in your whatever your search term is into the computer and boom, it spits you out the number and you can go retrieve the tape and put it in the machine and watch the video. Just genius. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, the, the, 
just the story about everything in the vault and also, you know, you being at basically the the Prince compound, you know, the security going in and what it was like inside and the people surrounding it and the, the, the fence that was purple from all the people putting up uh, memorials and flowers and everything. I mean, it's such a great story. Uh, it's a great way to end your book. And, and you know, it's just a, I just wanted to get some of the details on it because it's just such a fascinating story. Um, and it, it must have been just a highlight for you. To, to do that, so I can only imagine how fulfilling it must have been to crack that thing open and to make real news uh, and to, you know, usurp that fake ABC news story and to the carry that, you know, Dave McComey, Mr. Volt guys, the guy who opened it. Uh, although I think we can both admit that Dave McOpen Sesame is a much better nickname than Mr. Volt guy, uh, or at least I think so. Uh, but anyway, Dave, thank you so much for this extra time. This has just been absolutely incredible. Oh, you're welcome, Dan. It's been a pleasure.